millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, sis, are you FaceTiming me from HomeSense again? Saving money? That's my jam. What do we think? Outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set? Since your signature dish is a margarita, go with lounge. Okay, I am so ready for this party. It's been too long. Wait, go back. Show me those pretty ceramic plates. They're melamine. Even you can't break them. Look, these cute cushions match my shirt. Is that my shirt? Outfit your outdoors. Have it today at HomeSense. Standout pieces. Outstanding prices. You can't get much for five bucks these days. Unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. Plus four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink. All for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price of participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Did you hear back from Eddie? Eddie, <laughs> can you hear us, Eddie? Are you there? Are you there, Eddie? It's us, Marker. Ooh, the Banner Saga's in there. All three of them. Blair Witch. Think about trying that. Is that like one of those uh, episode games? No, it's uh, like a horror game based off the movie. Yeah. Oh, nope, Doom isn't there. Is the original Doom? Well, since we're trying to get to BeyondRingside.com for our simulcast, it's going to be us here live on C2CRadioShow.com. What's up, everybody? Myself, Stan Grubb, and Brian Taylor. You didn't even know we were starting, did you? Uh, no. It was an evil secret. (laughs) We're live on C2CRadioShow.com and live from Spreaker.com. That's right, quarter to corner time. We have missed you. Uh, gosh, a lot of things happening. Star Wars came out this week, Rise of Skywalker, but we are still in the, yep, it's only been a couple of days, so we're in the no-spoiler zone. Um, I understand, though, that there's a huge, and Brian, I know you, when I talked to you yesterday, you hadn't seen it yet. And Rob, I don't think has seen it yet, and I have not seen it yet. There is controversy right now about how people felt it would do in the box office. And the reason I say that is Rotten Tomatoes, of course, ranks it horribly. You know, they, they say it's an awful movie that don't bother, don't waste your money. But conversely, on the, flip, on the flip side, the audiences have turned out in droves and in social media. Um, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker is getting tremendous reviews. And people are saying it. it's an homage to the fans. It's a great way to um, close up this trilogy of sequels. 
just nothing but compliments. It speaks to the, it's almost like a wrestling audience if you think about it. It speaks to the uh, the divisiveness of critics versus just fans. Yay. <laughs> Brian is very vocal. Very much believes what he says. Oh, well, you know, I won't know till I see it, so. Yeah. My father, he is a huge Star Wars fan, but he maintains that the original three, New Hope on the Return of the Jedi, um, are the best of the Star Wars series. Um, I would say that's probably a, a pretty good guess. I mean, I liked, I liked Revenge of the Sith. I didn't really like Phantom Menace at all. The clone uh, Attack of the Clones was okay. I liked The Force Awakens for the nostalgia that it brought. Um, the Last Jedi, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of on the fence. I definitely didn't dislike it. It wasn't a bad movie. Um, but I can see where people would be concerned. It, it seems like it does, it has rather gone down the same path as the original three as far as creating the scenario where the bad guys win and all of that. And it looks like, yep, it's time for us to go ahead and switch over. We are going to be joining BeyondRingside.com. So, Brian, we're going to answer this call, and he's going to bring you in here in just a moment. I'm going to merge the calls. Let's see if I can do this. Uh, did it happen? Are we on there with Eddie Lane? Yes. Eddie, did we do it? He hears us. He hears us. I merged the call, Eddie. We are all on together. Okay, are y'all actually live right now? We are live from corner to corner. C2CRadioShow.com is live right now. Then do me a favor, because we're going to do this live on the Beyond Ringside Network in about 18 seconds, okay? Hey, everybody get ready for another show open. We could do it. I thought you were waiting on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was coming up on... Hang on, doing the legendary changing of the headsets. <laughs> and dropping of the microphones. It was a test run. It was successful. Now we need to... What? And as promised, folks, here we go live, 735 Central Time. Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio goes live right now. Yeah. It is our favorite night of the week. It is Sunday night. And for the Corner to Corner folks over on the C2CRadioShow.com, you guys heard it first. You got a little exclusive, but we are live right now simulcasting. From C2CRadioShow.com and our awesome friends and partners over at BeyondRingside.com, the Beyond Ringside Radio Network, and joined by the one, the only, Fast Eddie Lane. What's up, Eddie? How are you, man? Well, let's see. What's up? My blood pressure, my weight, my cholesterol level, but unfortunately, not my follicle count. Mm. Okay, then. Stan, <laughs> Stan, too, knows the horror of a low follicle count. Uh, it is a sad, sad day. See, some people think Stan has a really vivid halo. No, it's just a Chromecast. Oh, <laughs> oh, ow. Ugh. Oof. Ow. I mean. Well, it's okay. There has been another match added to Wrestle Kingdom. Um, on January 4th, I will be facing off one-on-one against male pattern baldness. Guess, what, guess who's going over? Ooh. Uh, Baldness for the win. Is it strong style? <laughs> <laughs> Who calls no, the finish on Not this? with my hairline. 
Mine's more like, uh, you know, you don't get to jump off the mat. You just have to get there and get punched. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, man. Uh, wrestling news-wise, there's a lot to talk about, a lot, of, a lot of conjecture, a lot of rumor going around. There's rumors of returns, <laughs> returns that nobody wants to see. Um, some crummy injury news for uh, one of our favorites. Well, maybe not one of our favorites, but somebody we definitely like. Um, conversation going on about the involvement of um, part-time stars and full-time stars and the success of the Broken Skull sessions. We've got a lot of conversation about that. Have all of us watched the sessions with both The Undertaker and Goldberg? Or only The Undertaker for me. Okay. Taker, yes. Goldberg, no. Okay. All right. Well, I caught like the latter half of the Goldberg. So we can talk about Taker's uh, Broken Skull sessions as well. Um, let's start off on kind of a positive note. AEW and NWA both selling out yet again for their pay-per-views in record time. This is a great indication that both companies are maintaining, if not growing, their fan base. I'm not quite sure what that was, but uh, wasn't me. <laughs> must have been Stan. I, you know, as far as the fan base goes, you just got to give them time. You got to let them grow some before you can just write them off in the dirt. I think I think a lot of fans are quick, especially with uh, fans from the time that we started watching. They're almost a dying breed. And now fans that started, say, during the Attitude Era, they know that the ratings at that time was a huge litmus test for success. So with what we're witnessing now and what we're seeing with AEW and NXT, it's, they're so quick to just, oh, it's over! WWE's closing the doors! Or oh, AEW is that flash in the pan there. He can never recover. I mean... We're we're what twelve weeks in now. It's twelve weeks, guys. I mean, <laughs> AEW is successful in so many different avenues right now that if they lose a few weeks, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Tony Khan has the pockets. TNT has the time slot. Unless these guys just suddenly tank and don't draw a dime, which seems unlikely by any stretch. I don't see them getting taken off television. And NXT just started delivering numbers over 700,000 consistently. So why can't it just be, hey, we have <laughs> we had Finn Balor and Adam Cole. We had the Young Bucks you know, back on AEW. We've got the Dark Order closing out the show, which gives a little bit more intrigue. you got MJF with you know, a great heel turn and the usage of Wardlow. You've got... Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley with just a huge main event that was, I think it's going to be talked about for a while. It could be, in my opinion, a late entry for match of the year. Um, these you got so many good things happening. And this, to see NWA Power step up with Ricky Starks and James Storm and Colt Cabana, Aaron Stevens, who seems to have been rekindled, just another level of comedic and villainy, which is great. Um, uh, you got to be careful how you use the word villain. That's copyright infringement. Um, what's Marty? 
Is Marty going to come over here? I mean, is it... no, but he did come over to NWA. <laughs> I mean, he's got his hands full. Okay, you know, he needs to worry about Mister Mickey James and leave us alone. We don't got to worry about all that. Mm-mm-mm. What? You're terrible. What? <clears throat> I just when he puts the umbrella up your butt, I want you to remember this moment. <laughs> When he puts the umbrella up Stan's butt and opens it. <laughs> hey, 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 that sounds, that sounds really, really uncomfortable. Yeah. Hey. Just remember, you did this to yourself. Damn it. He just pushed the button. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Worst ever. Uh, actually, let's flip that. I have a nominee for best ever. Okay. I'd like your, I, I would like your opinion on this. Is Chris Jericho the leading nominee for right now as the MVP of AEW, Brian? I don't know if I could give him MVP. Um, I think he definitely... uh, how do I put this? Uh, is holding his own, uh, uh, you know, uh, as far as drawing people in. But I, mean, I think Moxley would be up there as well. So. Stanley? MVP-wise, I think there's a couple I would say could lead in that contest. I think you definitely have to put Chris Jericho in contention for that. Um I think he solidified his Hall of Fame run as being able to put a company on his shoulders. But even when you say that, even saying that right now, the realization hits that Jericho, you can you could have an argument that he put it on his shoulders, but he didn't have to. They could have easily gone with Cody Rhodes or Adam Page or you know MJF as their head guy. And been successful. I think it was just a matter of right guy, right time. But Chris Jericho solidifies that role with, yet again, his ability to reinvent himself and adapt. Um, I agree with Brian, though. John Moxley is a strong, strong candidate for that. Just because of his ability to step his game up at a time where probably no one expected him to actually do that. The reason why... I put that out there as I did on beyond ringside live tonight. Two re- two things pop into my mind right off the bat. Other than him successfully reinventing himself yet again, mm-hmm. other than the factor of he has found a way to take something totally obscure and sell t-shirts. Let's hop on a little bit of the bubbly and you know, stuff like that. I'll give you four words. Sammy Guevara. Jungle Boy. These were two individuals that had decent followings in different areas. Jungle Boy was made this past Wednesday night. Who made him? Chris Jericho. Les on. Mark Bowman, my tag team partner on Beyond Ringside Live, said it perfectly when he said, 
Chris Jericho is doing the exact same thing right now that Ric Flair, yeah, he did throw in the barf sound, um, was doing back in the 80s. He took talent that you might not think would be able to perform in a main event capacity or go against the champ. And they, Jericho and Jungle Boy put together a great match this past Wednesday. And the elevation by Chris Jericho of Sammy Guevara. You don't really need to even talk about Santana and Ortiz and Hager. Oh, they are proud and they, powerful. They are stars on their own. Sorry. But Jericho has done a great job. You say putting the company on his shoulders. I agree. But I think he's done a great job of helping to elevate everyone around him. Whereas Moxley has had matches with established stars and superstars, which nobody can take anything away from man's got his, I mean, man's great in the ring. He's gold. I just think that the reason why Jericho to me would be the front runner for a 2019 MVP is the fact that he's willing to help elevate those you wouldn't think he would elevate. Same can be said for Cody Rhodes. Look what he did for Darby Allen and MJF. Not that MJF's star wasn't on the rise. Uh, (laughs) MJF's star was pretty much on the rise on its own. uh, PWX, MLW, and a few other companies. Uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman already had a solid rep under his belt. Well, I would add this. When when you're talking about Jericho, and this is just my overall opinion, maybe it's more about the inner circle stable. I think with any faction, especially bad guys, you have to be careful that you don't overdo it. And I think Jericho is that guy that, with the inner circle, like they're trying to tease, hey, let's invite John Moxley, even though you know the idea is obviously they're trying to trick him. But with them inviting him and all of that, I just don't want to see, and I don't necessarily have any issue or opinion on you know, the inner circle just yet, because I still think it's too early. But I would be afraid or uncomfortable at how close they seem that they were, the, they're trying to be towards the NWO. But even that seems a little crass. I don't even know if that's really true yet. Mm, so, any heel faction should be a little over the top, a little dominating, which to me is what's lacking with it now in my opinion Mm -hmm. and that's why I don't think I can give Jericho the MVP slot because the thing about Flair is Flair may put them over to a point but then the faction comes in and utterly destroys them and by doing that I think you would just rile that crowd up so much more and I, I don't see the inner circle is this great dominating force. Um, I'm not even thinking inner circle. I'm just thinking Jericho. Well, yeah, but so I, I understand that. But again, that's, I, I just don't think that he is being utilized what he should be. If that makes sense. Cause you have a faction. It's a heel faction which means they should be 
you know, laying people out. And I just don't, I'm just, I, I don't feel it with Jericho. I, I mean, think, don't get, I think he's a champ. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, but I just don't feel MVP with him. I think the concern with Jericho is that Jericho is, <clears throat> I want to be nice about this, but I almost can't. I feel like Jericho is kind of full of himself in a way, which you have to be. That confidence is kind of necessary. But I feel like sometimes his confidence overshoots. And that's that's just an indication to me that maybe I'm just not into it. It doesn't mean that the guy's not tremendous. I'm just maybe I'm just not a fan of what he's doing right now. I mean it's funny like the lexicon of Le Champion, like that made me laugh, but at the same time, I'm like, we've seen this. We He's done this. Is he changing it up a little bit? Yeah, okay. But I want to see Jericho do what he did really well in New Japan, and that was when he wrestles, it's a completely different style. Like, it's not... It doesn't have to be the Jericho of old. I don't need the Lionheart or any of that. I like watching the guy perform in his matches because... There's very few guys out there right now that has the ability to tell a story as well as Chris Jericho. And to Eddie's point, you know, Jungle Boy, who there's another guy who stars on the rise regardless, um, he kind of needed that moment. And I think the Jurassic, the Jurassic Express of those guys, my expectation was that probably because I'm just a huge mark for him anyway, but Luchasaurus is, <laughs> was my pick for him being the bigger star out of that group. But now that you've seen him be able to mix it up with Chris Jericho, I think that it did help cement him. But I have to agree with Brian. He should have gotten the crap knocked out of him by the inner circle. As soon as he got the upper hand and everybody's like, oh my God, he's going to beat Jericho, it should have been... Here comes Hager, here comes Ortiz, and he's laid out. Because the inner circle is not a strong faction. Which is why, like, watching them go back and forth with even as dysfunctional of a, of a group as it was with, like, the, I guess you call it the Nightmare family. It, it's like, man, they could just get the crap kicked out of them at any time. If you're Luchasaurus, you can just go out there and throw roundhouse kicks and just knock them all down. Like, it, I agree with Brian. It, there's a need for them to... To be a little bit more, which kind of sucks because I'm not a big fan of the dominance of the bad guy stables, but I can see where he's absolutely right on that. Well, so I think I think Jericho and this faction falls into the same thing with Cody, Omega, the Bucks Mm -hmm. and Adam Page. Right. So everybody expects them to be to dominate. Because they are, you know, producers and all this other stuff for the company, they seem not to be wanting to put themselves over. Right. Well, I think Jericho, as the world champ and with a faction, should be putting himself over. And, you know, like Jungle Boy, you could have very easily had Jungle Boy go the 10 minutes and let Jungle Boy, uh, you know, go back and forth, kind of like it did, and then Jericho being like, you know what, you want five more minutes? I'll give you five more minutes. And about two minutes into it, 
the fa- the inner circle just runs out and destroys them. Yeah. I'm good with that. I'd have been good with that. Yeah. And so you you'd have put Jungle Boy over, but then you would you would cement Jericho as your top heel. And I, I just don't feel that he's a top heel yet. And I think for me that's what that's where I couldn't give Jericho uh, MVP. Well, the reason why you couldn't have the faction destroy Jungle Boy during the um, the ten minute matches because Jericho had made the statement: not only can you not beat me, you can't last ten minutes with me. If the faction would have gotten Jericho disqualified, that would have counted as a win for um, for Jungle Boy. And God knows that would have been gone on by Jim Ross and the re- um, Jim Ross in particular. Uh, hey, Jim, Joe Boy, Jay Perry, being you creeped by DQ couple. Ain't any here, Sansafran. They didn't say Sansafran. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> yeah, and see, that's that's what I'm saying. I, you know, you could give Jungle Boy his ten minutes of, of glory. Yeah, and then you know, hey, you know, where are you going? I want five more minutes, and you convinced, or not convinced, but you talked Jericho into five more minutes. Because I actually thought that's where they were going for a second. I mean, it's well, a it's a cheap, easy way to get Jungle Boy over. You know, all right, well, we'll do the ten minute draw thing; it'll be perfect. And everybody's like, "Ah, it's Jungle Boy!" Like it, it's easy. But it at any point in time, they could have been like, "All right, well, we'll do five more minutes, but put the title on the line." You know what I mean? And then. Have, have the inner circle beat the piss out of him or something. I don't know. I just think that would have been like, it's, Jungle Boy could do it. He could win the title, and then they just beat the snot out of him. Okay, if that were to have happened with someone of the ilk of Page, Omega, Mox, then the crowd in attendance would sit back and start going, ooh, title change. Right, right. At no point in time, if Jungle Boy would have said, We'll do five more minutes if you put the title on the line. Nobody would have believed that they would have put Jungle Boy over with the belt this young in the run. It's all right place, right time, right person. If it had been one of the young bucks, you might think for a hot second that it's like, is there a chance? If it was Cody, ooh, they're going to flip the belt. Twitter goes wild for five minutes. And then, but with Jungle Boy, you don't have that sense of mystique yet that they could conceivably flip the title and put it on him, even in a Tommy Rich circumstance for five days. I mean, it's, it makes sense. I, I feel like though with, with, like with what they did with Scorpio Sky, for example, Right. Like Scorpio's like, I don't want the title shot. I don't want the match. I don't want it. And you know, Jericho was duped by that. You know, they they did the duck season, rabbit season thing, and and right. I I was like, this works. So I could have honestly seen, and and just goes back to Brian's point. I could have seen them do that again, and then have <laughs> have Jungle Boy just get beat up. Like, yeah, we just we fooled you, haha. You know. Because Brian, or not Brian, because Jericho could just say we're smarter than everybody again. Uh, I mean, you could even had Jericho do it. You could have Jungle Boy last in ten minutes, mm-hmm. and Jericho throw the tables around like he did, and you know, next thing you know, that's 
that's not how this is going to work. I, you know, I won five minutes. Yeah. And Jungle Boy, being inexperienced, just falls for it. And then, you know, again, halfway through, here comes the inner circle, and they just take care of Jungle Boy. I will say this. there AEW has done well at a few different points with building feuds, but it's feuds that were kind of already ready-made. Like MJF and Cody, if you didn't see that coming... You know, I, I don't know what to tell you on that. When it comes to, like, the Bucks and, realistically speaking, any tag team that's at the top, again, you kind of had to guess that that was going to happen. But, like, with Jericho, and I don't know if it's good or bad because <laughs> it's hard to predict who he's really going to have. Because right now it's just Jericho versus the world. Like, screw everybody. I'm in charge. But... Who's going to be that guy? Is it Moxley? Is that the guy that it's really going to be the feud? Because if that's the case, we're in for a hell of a ride. I mean, they tore it up in WWE with handcuffs on. You know, you know that when they get to AEW, if they truly get a chance to open it up, it's going to be gold. Well, I think it'll be Mox. I think it'll carry over into the pay-per-view and... I think that's when you'll see the title change. Oh, wow. So you think Mox will be the second champion? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eddie, you think you think that it's Mox that wins the title from Jericho? It's, the most, it, it's a logical choice because for as much as I hoped that they would continue the Adam Page run to the championship. Um... I am intrigued by that. I'm intrigued by Page and Omega. Because it seems like that's what they're building towards. I'm okay with that, by the way. I think that feud would be great. <clears throat> well, I, I, they To me, they just have this weird little plan of action, I guess we'll call it. Because, you know, at one time I would have definitely said Omega was number two. Yeah. Right? But then Omega goes on some crazy losing streak and it takes him, what, 12 weeks to recover. I think now he's like second or third or something. <laughs> it was funny. You know what I'm saying? to come back, though. All being the elite videos. I don't know if, folks, if you. Hey, sis, are you FaceTiming me from HomeSense again? Saving money? That's my jam. What do we think? Outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set? Since your signature dish is a margarita, go with lounge. Okay, I am so ready for this party. It's been too long. Wait, go back. Show me those pretty ceramic plates. They're melamine. Even you can't break them. Look, these cute cushions match my shirt. Is that my shirt? Outfit your outdoors. Have it today at HomeSense. Standout pieces. Outstanding prices. Haven't had a chance to watch the Being the Elite after AEW started on TV. It is like watching Omega go from the top to the bottom and then fighting his way back up again. It's a great story. Yeah, so, you know, I would have said him. Um, I could have said Pac. But, you know, it's almost like every time you begin to believe in somebody, then the rankings come into play, you know, (laughs) and they just drive that person down. Yeah. And I... I, I honestly think that they're just trying to elevate people first. 
you know, before they turn Omega loose or Page loose or, you know, whoever they want to turn loose. Um, You have to be able to build. See, AEW is in a weird position. Because we haven't had to deal with a national power coming on the scene from scratch in a while. Because think about it. Ring of Honor before the Sinclair deal, they were long existent. Um, then you had WWE, which has been around forever. I mean, the National Wrestling Alliance is the closest thing to from scratch. And ML- they're doing a hell of a job, by the yeah. way. Yeah, and MLW has been around for a while. So you have the birth of NXT, the birth of AEW, the birth, the rebirth of NWA, and everybody else has already been there. Yeah. So AEW is in this very precarious circumstance where you've got the top tier and upper middle with names that you know, but you're also in the process of building stars for them to go against and face and work with as well as tomorrow. Because the one thing, remember we've had the discussion before the one thing in particular that WWE used to be horrible about was building for the next day. Same thing that Nitro had the problem with WCW. They weren't building for tomorrow. They were resting everything on the stars that they had right then and there. Hogan, Hall, Nash, Sting, Flair, Luger. Um, And when it came to building new faces, other than in the first hour or the opening match when you would bring in the stars of Japan or the Lucha guys, um, they weren't really building. Why do you think Eddie Guerrero, uh, Malenko, Benoit, um, Jericho, why do you think they all left WCW? Because there was that ceiling in place. Right now, AEW is trying to show that everybody has that opportunity to go as high as their star will go to build not only for today, but for a year from today, which is something they desperately have to have in place. Oh, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I understand all that. But it's just that, <clears throat> to me, you haven't, I haven't quite figured it out. So, But I think that's why Moxley, because uh, of all the, uh, the ones that are the star powers, the true star powers, I think he's uh, doing the best so far. I think the crowds eat him up quite a bit. You going to catch him and Lance Archer at Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, I'm not sure. It depends on what time it airs. <laughs> it's actually going to be on the it's going to be on the first night, January 4th, the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship in a Texas Death Match. Lance Lance Archer defends against John Moxley. I'm in for that. That's going to be a hell of a match. And by the way, for the record, on the next night in on the 5th in a 60 minute time limit special singles match. Speaking of how about Hiroshi Tanahashi one on one with the Ayatollah of rock and roller, Chris Jericho. <laughs> oh man. The pain maker. If, if they go all out the way that Tanahashi can, then it's new yeah, my concern would be that Jericho is slowing down. 
I feel like maybe and maybe he just has me hoodwinked because I feel like he's slowing down. But it, it's hard to really judge that because I mean, how long has it been since he was in New Japan? Uh, just a few months. Yeah, it hadn't been that terribly long. Hmm. He was there early this year, remember? So he was at he was at Wrestle Kingdom 2019. Then it may be just a, ma- a factor of okay, we've seen him now perform at a level with guys that are inexperienced, and so he's been doing it more methodically to tell a different story. Whereas with Japan, a player match. Right. No, no, no. That's a good point. Exactly. So now when he has to step in there and really mix it up, I'm cu- I would like I'm curious to see how well it goes because thus far him in Japan has been just masterfully done. Um but I don't know. Like with Jericho you never know what you're getting. It's not like a bad thing, but are you getting the painmaker? <laughs> are you getting the, you know like you said the Ayatollah rock and roll? I mean it's 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 curious. I mean, I like watching them do it, though. That should be a good match. I don't know if they'll go 60 minutes. Well, y'all both heard about the uh, the two matches on the fourth and the one match on the fifth in the main events, right? Mm, I haven't uh, seen any of the cards yet. Well, I've been watching. Um, I was watching the show from the 21st, and... I about fell out when I'm sitting back going, okay, I know somebody up in Stanford is going to be paying um, paying attention because on the 4th, you are going to have part one of the, of the book. Intercontinental Championship match. Jay White defends against Tetsuya Naito. And in the main event, IWGP Heavyweight Championship match. Akata Ibushi on the fifth, the winners of those two matches face off champion versus champion. There's a lot of uh, speculation I saw on Twitter today that Jay White's going to have both titles. There's speculation. I've seen it all the way across the board that Ibushi's going to get both belts, that Naito is finally going to get, um, that Okada is going to be the double champion. I mean, um, there's, there's there's words flying around from every corner of the earth right now as it pertains to this show Wrestle Kingdom and then remember you're going to have New Year's Dash the day after the um, on the 6th. I, it's a interesting time for wrestling overall but New Japan is capitalizing on some really good talents. Um and they're getting ready to debut their US brand this year or next year. Yeah. 2020. Uh-huh. Hi Vince. <laughs> I don't think Vince even knows to look. Vince is so no Hunter's telling him. Yeah, Hunter does. Yeah, Hunter's telling him. Hunter may be watching, but Vince isn't believing him. If you need evidence of that, look at Raw. No, are are you kidding me? Are you are you really kidding me? So you think that they just moved Balor to NXT just to move him? Hunter and Vince are paying attention. Hunter Fine. might be paying attention. I don't think Vince is. Oh, Vince would not let Balor go to NXT without his blessing. So when it comes down to it, I think like I, I look at Vince and Hunter in two different lights. So Vince is more like the Kevin Nash saying that certain people are vanilla midgets and they can't do what he thinks they should be able to do. And then Hunter's like, no, this guy is is excellent. You know, he's actually attention, you know, attentive to what they can truly do. So ultimately, Hunter probably convinces him because, ah, you're not doing anything with them anyway, Vince. Let me do it. 
you know, and he appeals to Vince's money. He doesn't appeal to any, I mean, because he knows how to get Vince to make decisions. Nope. I'll lay money. It was, hey, the only shot we got is moving some of these people. Vince doesn't want to look bad. Right. That's true. Because I mean, think about it. If Cody were to walk away from WWE and then go on and not just open his comp- open a company, but beat any part of the WWE, oh, you realize Vince would have a cow. And Hunter plays on that. Uh, look, Vince. Vanity. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, mean, literally, Balor didn't go until a few weeks in, mm-hmm. if you remember. He wasn't there at the start. No, he was uh, taking time off for what we had known. that He was right. uh, healing up from an injury. Right. So Vince was like, oh, well, maybe this is for real. Because if he doesn't cut AEW off now at the legs. You can't cut him off now. Well, yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying, if he doesn't cut him off now and slow them down, Raw or SmackDown would be next. Well, and that's just it. Like, at first, I'm, I, I believe the prediction I put out there was that, okay, these guys are going to split the same audience that watches Monday and, Monday and Tuesday at that time. And it's basically going to be the same 1.6 million watching. And AEW starts off says, nope, we're going to take two million people we're gonna make them watch and they did then they get to that point where the viewership starts to even out and then nxt gets a couple victories and you can see and it's not huge changes i mean ballard to nxt is big but what the real thing was that made in my opinion nxt get more attention was well let's put nxt over raw and smackdown let's create the storyline let's do Raw vs. SmackDown vs. NXT at Survivor Series, and all of a sudden you see this shift. But that shift isn't really a shift because it's the same audience, still split, and it's fairly down the middle. I, I, I mean, you have weeks where it spikes one way or the other, and then you have weeks where both of them are low. Hell, we even had a week so far where there was a tie. A tie! Mm. A damn mm-hmm. time limit draw! Well, so, I mean, you can't think that Balor versus Adam Cole wasn't going to draw. Oh, no, and they did that deliberately. That was counter-programming deliberately to try to cut AEW off at the beginning of their show. Um, And it's not stupid. That's a smart move. But once that match is over, and this is where NXT has to step up, once that match is over, AEW's delivery of good matches is quality all the way throughout. So if you don't start putting Keith Lee in top profile matches and Damian Priest and Matt Riddle and, you know, insert these key talents here, then you're going to see, and this is what they're seeing. I mean, if you look at the breakdown from hour one to hour two, you got your main event segment, your opener, and it's pretty neck and neck. And then as NXT does what they do, and that's, Eh, we're going to kind of give new exposure to this guy, and here's a cruiserweight title match, and AEW, just it's it's pedaled to the floor from start to finish pretty much every show. I mean, I, I'm not 100% sold on either side because I'm, I like being in the middle. I like just saying, yeah, this is all pretty damn good. But for me, I, I would have to agree with you, Brian. I think 
I think that there's uh, and, and Eddie to to what y'all said. I'd have to agree that that Hunter is appealing to kind of his vanity of saying, "All right, well, you know, this is what they're doing." But I think outside of that, I don't think Vince even watches. Oh yeah, um, listen. So, uh, who was it? Uh, TJP, mm-hmm. right? Have you read his stuff coming out where he says that how structured the WWE is? No. Have you read that? No, frankly, I, I I have stopped reading most of these post guys interviews. Not because they're right or wrong, but just because it's all like, uh, you know, Vince is just the devil. No, yeah, no, but, I mean, you really should read this, and it'll give you insight on what it takes to put yourself in Vince's shoes, right? Mm -hmm. So everything is controlled, and it's controlled by one guy. If you don't think Vince isn't aware everything going on in his company and everything going on in everybody else's company, you're crazy. He may not be watching it himself, but he's got other people who are bringing him back reports because yeah. East point scenario, they have people on their staff. I know this for fact that listen to radio and podcasts, pro wrestling related. I have evidence on that factor too. That this channel has been monitored to be on ringside. That is, sorry guys, um, has no, been monitored. Cool. Before. Just, you know. And I know that you've been monitored before too, more than likely. But it's funny because things that we will make reference to on a Thursday night or a Saturday morning or a Sunday evening would all of a sudden be fa- um, be filtered into commentary. The next live event, I find that ultimately hilarious, and it's more than just coincidence. Sorry. I, bu- I love a good conspiracy theory. However, there's sometimes when it's irrefutable fact. But yeah, Vince has people that listens. They on the only thing they get paid to do is listen to pro wrestling radio and pro wrestling podcasts. Just like they have people who watch the other products and give the Cliff Notes version to Vince. So it's kind of like you don't have this Vince and Hunter standing side by side watching from yesterday or the the show on the 21st from new japan and vince going hey that kenta guy he looks like hideo atami (laughs) they're going are you serious vince (laughs) (laughs) well goddamn pal (laughs) pal, how how come he didn't look that good here vince (laughs) you overscripted him of course he ended up spending most of his time down at nxt and Uh, hurt i was gonna say he got hurt (laughs) He he didn't have time to be overscripted. He spent half the time in the performance center. I mean, yeah. it's, it's crappy luck for him because I think he could have had his moments, but you're, you're most likely he would have just been poorly produced and they wouldn't have known what to do with him. Unfortunately, well, it, let's all go back to America's favorite example when it comes to Vince not getting it. Antonio Cesaro. Cesaro was so amazingly over with the WWE fan base, but he wasn't over with one person, Vince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the brass ring statement that he made uh, during the Austin podcast still gets regurgitated by every fan you know, on, it, on the internet at all. 
at the same point, you know, Cesaro, while he plays that role, would he be that guy in AEW? Would he be that guy in... He wasn't that guy in Ring of Honor. But he and um, the Kings of Wrestling were. No. They were, they were as a group. They were a focal point, but they weren't the main stars. Right. Understand that fact. But the thing about it is, okay, as time has gone on, and folks, for those of you easily offended, please go to your safe space now. Oh, wow. <laughs> Snowflake alert. If you're easily triggered, go to the bathroom, light a candle, sing Kumbaya for the next two, for the, for the next 90 seconds. Damn, just got real. Because there is a huge portion of the American populace, and I do mean American populace, that just doesn't get it. And the, some of the ones that do have the attention span of a gnat with diarrhea. That's disgusting. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that's, just, that's just disgusting. Should I have brought up the sound effects machine over here? <laughs> I actually wasn't going to do that this week. I'll bring it up. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, but, but real no, quick. Go ahead. Uh, so Stan said that something about Cesaro not being the top guy or whatever. Right? Right. I think that's the ultimate flaw with the WWE because they try and put people in that position. Remember what I told you about Roman Reigns? Yep. Yeah. Roman Reigns to me is better suited in the mid mid card bracket. I think what you're forgetting is he's not marketing to you, which is why you watch AEW preferably over WWE. Right. He's marketing. Vince isn't marketing to us as the older, educated fan. He's marketing to what kids. am I? What are the kids buying? You know. Okay. I mean, so. So let me let me correct you because he can't specifically market to the kids, okay? Yeah, because yeah. if he does and I don't get it, guess what they don't get to watch? So he also markets to every other bracket along the way. Does he pay more attention to the kids? Yes, because but, it's a little crazy for a 40-year-old guy to be playing with action figures. Unless they're still mint in the box. Well, or yeah, but WWE. if they're mid in the box, you can't play with them. Or WWE <laughs> Retro, which is just... Um, the <laughs> argument that I have to come back with that is very simple. In 2019, it, somebody's fire alarm go off? Laundry. Oh, okay. T's, t's ready. <laughs> if, if you as a parent who survived the Attitude Era know that that product is safe for your kids to watch and you know they're not going to be running around tomorrow morning in the middle of class with a crotch chop and a suck it to their teacher yeah you may not have to watch it but the kids will because you know it's going to be safe not necessarily because remember the attitude error the average was about four to five million people watching Raw or Nitro today's is only about 2 million. So right. that means at least 2 to 3 million people have left and there's never been a fill in the void. That's because people like us grew weary of some of the crap that was being force-fed to us on WWE programming. 
the most prevalent example is the crap that we're having to sit through now with Lana, Lashley, and Rusev. I'm sorry. I would rather have to deal with a barbed wire enema than watch <laughs> ish like that come across my screen. Sure, but in, in the same sense, though, if you had a kid, would you be like, uh... No, nope. uh, <laughs> my kid wouldn't watch that crap. Right. And, and But see, that's what I'm saying. So he caters to the kids because that's where the money is generated. But without the 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds and 30-year-olds, the kids ain't going to watch it. Because I'd be darned, really, if I wasn't a, a huge fan like I am, and I saw the Lashley, Lana, Rusev angle... I'd have been like, you can turn that garbage off. But see, you're the, okay, you no longer factor into the demo for the same reason that Stan no longer factors into the demo. The same reason why I haven't factored into the demo for a long time. We work in the business now. We work in this industry. We we also have the benefit or the, the curse of the knowledge that Frankly, the only reason that a guy like Roman Reigns sits where he sits is because one guy says, this guy's a star. Now, I'm not saying that he doesn't make money for the company and all that jazz, and I'm definitely not putting him down in that regard, but it was one guy ultimately that said, there's my guy. Yeah, but but again, though, this is about Cesaro, right? Right. Because this, is, this is where I'm trying to, to make the point. Just because the WWE screwed him up, and does make him a top star. That doesn't mean he can't be in another federation. Oh, sure. I mean, at this point, he is he's on another level. So because wherever he goes, of course. But even in being an ROH, he didn't learn probably certain skills and, and you know certain things until he got to the WWE. Very true. And if he takes that and then applies it somewhere else in, say, a federation where they rely more on the wrestling part of it. MLW. He, yeah, he could he could probably be huge. I would agree. I would agree. Because he could definitely wrestle. And if he popped the teeth on, that'd be kind of cool, too. If they <laughs> fall out every once in a while. <laughs> I mean, could you could you see Jr. What a slobber knocker knock his whole bridge out? <laughs> you know, I'd actually like to see Cesaro as Claudio Castagnoli over in New Japan. Because remember, I think it was brought up here a minute ago. They're getting ready to launch their U.S. product. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would love to see Claudio Castagnoli or Cesaro if he can keep the name in the U.S. version of New Japan. Oh, There's know, your Thursday night show, kids. When you start <laughs> when you start typing up when does Cesaro's contract and it prefills end, that's when you know you found something that people are looking up on Google. <laughs> Yahoo, not Google. Uh, let's see here. Um, trying to track that down. It appears. Let's see, Cesaro, Cesaro. I'm just scrolling through the list, and this is over at Fightful.com. Um, <laughs> the one thing I search for isn't on their list. What the hell? 
Boy, is there egg on my face. Jeez, this is embarrassing. <laughs> uh, yeah, damn. It's really not on this list. Thanks for nothing, Fightful.com. Jerks. <sighs> well, either way, I would say that, yeah, you're probably right. Send them to New Japan. Send them to MLW. Well, MLW for sure. Um, hell, in <sighs> AEW, I think they would make money with them. Um, I think what we're also seeing with these guys that have with these guys that have signed long-term deals like AJ Styles and the club and all of that, these guys have signed because they're wanting to get paid. AJ Styles, for example, is looking to retire. Um, you know, when it comes to the OC or the club, when you see Gallows and Anderson, they know that they can last longer by working what they're doing now. And then when they get to a point where they're free, so to speak, that their star only continues to grow. But like teams like the Revival, they're going to have to put up with just swallowing immense amounts of horse crap because they're getting ready to be positioned as a comedy team. Allegedly. Well, I mean, they did shave each other's backs. Yeah, but that was six months ago. I mean, it's... mm. There's so much evidence that they still just don't know what to do with good wrestlers. Well, I I think one knows what to do, and the other one... Very true. If I didn't make them, I'm not giving them the... You know, I'm not putting them over. That's why Vince has the problem that he does. Please tell me, other than the women, what one person or team from NXT has genuinely made it on the main roster. Rollins. Two. Uh, <laughs> two. Uh, um, I guess Reigns in some regard. <laughs> well, I mean, from a financial uh, standpoint, Reigns. Oh, you mean the Shield. Okay. Well, Bray, yeah. Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Bray Wyatt's uh, uh, yeah. Hey, look, he don't get me wrong, he got drugged through the mud for at least six years. But Three right different now, four different times. Right now, the fiend is making him a crazy amount of money just from freaking puppets. Yeah. Puppets. Dude, would you have ever thought that WWE would sell puppets? Who'd ever uh, thought Harris would be the world champion? If you didn't think that the WWE would sell anything, you should rethink this. I mean, would you please, you know, would you please go back and look and see how many different things the WWE put the words Hulk Hogan on back hey, in the day? WWE did sell condoms during the Attitude Era, so you're right. I, I stand corrected. I apologize. <clears throat> they were actually, condoms. actually. Oh God, I can't say it. Hashtag hell damn ass. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't work they didn't work so well I heard. Yeah, apparently they were ribbed for his pleasure. Oops. Thank you. Thank you very much. Tip your waiters and waitresses on your way out. Thanks. You should leave the comedy to somebody else. Damn it. <laughs> Hey, speaking of news, news no one wanted to hear, did you know that Ryback is getting ready to come back to wrestling? 
Maybe. This guy has so little clue on the industry that he supposedly was a big star in. So little clue. I get it. You know, he hates Vince, and he was still waiting for Vince to call him, I think. You know, when you're ready for me, you're to let me know. <laughs> and now he's saying, well, you know, AEW needs a big guy. I don't see yeah, Cody. Even if he signs with them, they'll still need a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Cody Rhodes is willing to take on that kind of a risk because he's just not that good. Actually, they do have a big guy, Luchasaurus. Yeah, and he's mm-hmm. agile and can wrestle. And is entertaining. That's the next yeah. AEW champ, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he is funny, though. I give the guy credit. He's got timing. What, whether or not he becomes a main eventer in AEW under the Luchasaurus thing is, is, you know, who knows. But give him credit where it's due. He's damned entertaining. I got a question. Okay, I've so got answers. If- so if John Moxley does get the IWGP United States Championship at Wrestle Kingdom, is there any chance in hell that they allow that belt on AEW? <laughs> to me, if they're smart, they do, because then you can you know, do the whole cross-brand thing. Well, remember, Le Champion is going to be on that show on the next night. I have a. This would be what uh, Moxley's second run with the U.S. title if he wins it, right? Mm. May have to look that one up. IWGP U.S. title? Yes. I don't remember. Yeah, he beat Jay White for it the first time. Oh, I think Stan might be right. That must have been a blink of the eye situation. It, well, it, it was, was before AEW, wasn't it? Yeah, like, it was right, right before. before. Yep. Yeah. I think IWGP is working all of us. I think secretly they want to partner and probably are partnering with AEW. But they wanted because they were pissed initially when the when the elite basically said, nah, we're going to do our own thing. But I mean only a fool would look at them and not see money. And I don't, I don't think that the people in charge of I, or, uh, New Japan are that stupid. I just don't think it's possible. Well, well, I think you have a, you would be more successful if you paired with AEW than keep going with ROH. Oh, absolutely. With the, with the toxicity that's happening in ROH's locker room right now, um, you need you need something marketable and something entertaining, and you need something hot. And uh, AEW is that brand. I mean, Ring of Honor has so many problems right now. There's so many different controversies going on at the same time. You have to find something and something that's going to be successful on a, on a worldwide scale. And that's what AEW is doing right now. And logistically speaking, on a nationwide scale, that's what Impact's doing. Humming right along. You know, it, it's the, the train that just uh, can't derail. <laughs> You know, no, for every time it does derail, it finds a new track. <laughs> and, and it just somehow manages to stay afloat. You can't count them out, although it may be that when when Blanchard gets that world title shot, that could be the moment. For the love of God, just somebody please get it away from Taya Valkyrie and get her off TV. 
Oh, no, no, no. We're not talking about that world No, we're title. talking about Sammy Callahan. Oh, sorry. My bad. Oh, yeah. Callahan. I mean, I, I understand that some folks in the industry feel that it should be a man holding the title, and, and I get it. But I also don't because what we're seeing now in so many different forms is history being made. And the, a wrestler, a performer, the, the talent level of Tessa Blanchard is almost one in a billion. And I say that fully knowing that there are male wrestlers that she could hang with without a shadow of a doubt. And I would put her in the ring with a guy like Seth Rollins. I'd put her in the ring with a guy like... Uh, MJF or Cody or Jericho or I mean there's a lot and I think that she could hold her own just fine if not make that match even more memorable and I think that's what wrestling's all about is is what's the story does it make a difference and does it sell tickets and I think Tessa Blanchard's that kind of performer so we could easily be seeing something that puts impact back on the map on a worldwide scale. And how many people were bitching when China held the Intercontinental title? None! Zero. Zero. And that, that is what drives me nuts. The guys like the Sandman and... Um, damn, who's the other guy that was an ECW original that complained about it? Was it a Blue Meanie? I don't, I don't remember. Think, but I there's... Meanie. There were two guys that were ECW ones. Sandman was one of them saying, I just don't get it. But back when China did it, Sandman was one of those same guys that said, oh, yeah, she deserves it. She's really a hard worker. So you lied then or you're lying now? Trying yeah. to be controversial. So, so in other words, you, y'all read what Jordan Grace put on social media. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, and again, I can understand to a, to a degree where some of that comes from. But at what point do you have to realize the business has just changed? You have to be able to evolve. And it's like when Hunter created evolution or that faction came into play, I agree wholeheartedly. If you don't know how to evolve, you get left behind. Everybody has an opportunity every day when they open their eyes, if they're fortunate enough to open their eyes, to see, to look for something new and different. And that includes us in pro wrestling. You can't. Okay. For everyone who's been sitting... Well, man, only are doing it in WA and got the television studio. How many people they got in there? They can't be doing that much. And yet the same people that say they're doing it in a television studio are the same ones going, this is the most inventive thing I've ever seen. Uh-huh. I mean, there's no way that AEW's going to be able to compete with Vince and put him out of business. We're not trying. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't want Vince out of business. They want Vince at his best because if Vince is at his best, they're at their best. It cra- it's crazy to me. If you look at Twitter on a Wednesday night, oh, that's God. the best time to do it. You, if you want to watch wrestling Twitter implode, here's a great example. So Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley, just a tremendous main event. Yes. Great women's title match. Um, fans all over Twitter, man, this is great. Rhea Ripley's a star. Shayna Baszler's a, a legend. And then you see people, you see people posting the uh, the Dark Order beating up on the Rhodes family and going, "Ah, what, what the hell? AEW is falling apart." Yeah, but the reason they're posting it is because the guy was. Uh, yeah, and, and I get that. 
But at the same time, that's one. How many times have you seen any botches at all, really, on AEW? Sure, but but again, though, you're missing the point. The WWE, dare I say it, you want to help me with this, Dan? No, no, no. This is this is your word. Bobblehead. <laughs> Bubbleheads. No, no. Okay. This is Brian's word. It's oh, okay. <laughs> Are so pissed that anybody would dare confront the WWE that they don't care. Well, AEW fans are no different. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The AEW fans are the same way. No, not... If you are a pro wrestling fan, right? True. You're going to watch it, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to watch AEW or NXT and then flip it over to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Those aren't the ones that are constantly berating one side or the other. Yeah. The, the a true wrestling fan understands and listens because the guy even come out and said, "Look, Dustin was cut. I didn't want to mess him up any worse, right? So I threw uh, softball, punches, not yeah. softball. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know what I was doing, right? You know. So, but where's the crowd that? Oh my God! Cody's head was split open with the chair. Right, right. Well, they're horrible. nowhere to be found. <laughs> right, they're right. nowhere to be found. Oh my God! This is the worst wrestling ever. Uh, God, he can't even throw punches right. What? Well, no, he couldn't throw punches right because he was trying to protect right. Dustin. Right. Well, I mean, these are the same people that during an NXT takeover, right? And Mauro Ronaldo is doing what Mauro does. By the way, congrats to Mauro Ronaldo for getting his own T-shirt. And I will, I will be purchasing one. Um, but at the same time, these fans are like, oh, my God, you know, Mauro, do you have other people that are in the booth with you? Oh, did you guys forget that Jim Ross does the same thing that Mauro does? Did we just forget that? Oh, okay. I mean, why can't wrestling fans just say, I'm sorry, let me take that back because Brian's absolutely right. Wrestling fans are already watching all of it. Right. Because they're breaking down what's good, they're breaking down what's bad, they're taking it in, you know what I mean? And then... Because it's fashionable to bitch, whine, moan, and complain because you have a Twitter account. Very good. <laughs> I will get on Twitter and tell my five followers exactly what I feel and they're going to respect my opinion for who I am. No, they're not. They think you're a dipstick. Well, and, and so many people want, like... Oh, I can't wait till WWE is out of business. Are you stupid? Are you That's, really stupid? Like, really? Okay, I get it. You don't like their product. Fine. That, I understand. Uh, there's a lot of times where I don't like it. But if they go out of business, you're not immediately going to see all those fans just show up at AEW. It ain't happening. NWA is not going to magically become the number one. It doesn't happen that way. And how do we know that? Because when Vince bought WCW and all those fans of WCW were pissed, what happened? Well, the audience dipped. They didn't grow. So we know, historically, that if you buy your competition or they close, you don't just instantly grab their audience. Nope. It doesn't work that way. And same could be said for the cons and Cody and the Bucks. If AEW closes up shop, which God forbid, because I love what they're doing, 
So if do they I. close up shop, WWE doesn't get a boost of a million viewers every week. Those same people aren't going to watch that weren't watching before. So saying, I can't wait till they close up shop, is retarded. That's, that's Eddie's snowflake moment there for you guys. Trigger that. Because it's and stupid. It's never going to happen. Anybody now, it doesn't mean they won't suffer. doesn't mean they're not you know, taking notes and shaking in their boots from time to time. Because I think that's happening. But come on. I wanted their clothes. No, you don't. Don't be stupid. Uh, actually, as the person was, as the question was asked to the person who tried to glue the feathers back on at the chicken plant by the man who runs the Tyson chicken plant, are you clucking, stupid? Wow. <laughs> that, Brian, was that the best build up for a joke ever? Mm, I think we probably had better. Okay. You've had better. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I find it amusing and I also find it sad that so many fans out there want nothing more than to see something self-destruct. Like, why? Look, I get it. Like, Vince is truly, in my opinion, out of touch. And Hunter is the guy to make that change in that company. I agree. But I also think that Vince didn't get to be a billionaire by being stupid. At some point or another, someone gave this guy the right advice to say, hey, you know what you should do now? You know, and he listened. Same as being done with Tony Khan. The same as being done down with Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana in NWA. It would have been Impact. I definitely. Impact is making huge strides, but they're still not paying their people properly. True. You're going to have to get out of your own way with that and start paying your people. That's Ring of Honor's problem. That's what MLW keeps stumbling with. Their talent in MLW is tremendous. But their biggest problem is themselves. They're their own worst enemy. Companies end up failing because they won't run their business like a business. And people hate WWE for it. Because they do it. Yes, we see Roman Reigns in stupid situations like with dog food on his face. But when they see it that week, the following week, guess who's watching? (laughs) All the kids that said, I can't wait to see Roman kick Baron Corbin's butt. That's what they're marketing to. AEW fans, when they see uh, the Rhodes, you know, the Rhodes feud with MJF, they tune in the following week because they want to see Cody get a, get a, a fight with MJF. It's, it's, it's wrestling psychology. And all of, the, all of the people that are complaining, they're all the ones getting worked because they're the ones doing exactly what Vince and, and Tony Khan want them to do. There, I just used, I just used terms. I'm an insider. There we go. Insider terms. Wow, I just derailed a segment. Sorry. I, I mean, the the ferocity of what you just laid out, you know, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to top. Well, I mean, it's, Brian, for as many times as you and I go back and forth, and no, Lord knows we do. But when it comes to wrestling, we go back and forth on what WWE is doing, what AEW is doing. But both of us are still watching. We need to say, eh, screw it. Now, are we watching as intently as we were, I don't know, a few years ago? Maybe not. But sure. it's, it's on and it's being analyzed because we want to see, well, maybe there's a guy that's going to move up. Or maybe there's a segment we want. You know, because we're respectful enough of the industry that we're watching that we know that 
All right, well, most of us could suck. There's a good possibility we get one or two good matches, and at least we got something to talk about. You know. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I still watch the WWE, right? For all the trash I talk, right? Right. Because there are moments where, to me, they get it right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I watch for. I don't pay attention to what I don't like. I just don't pay no attention to it. And I move on. Do you feel but, that... And, uh, hold on. Oh, go ahead. But out Sorry. of all the times I've talked smack, right, I've said multiple times they can fall. Mm-hmm. I've never said they should fall. Right. It's they can fall, mm-hmm. but I don't get on social media and rip a segment for somebody screwing something up or just <laughs> blatantly being like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. When no, maybe it's just not your cup of tea mm-hmm. and go watch something else. Well, I would hope that you know that when I was going on my little diatribe that it wasn't really directed at you. <laughs> what? I don't care. You directed at me because well, I'll turn around and direct one right back at you. I don't I don't think that you're off base with with most of what you say. Do I disagree with some? Yeah, sure. But I think nine times out of ten, I'm usually on the same page with you, just probably not even realizing it. Um, and plus, well, just, I'm grateful you don't go on social media with it because it doesn't have us anything to talk about if you do. It, it it just takes you a while to to learn your lesson. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. I mean, look how long it took you to learn Roman, right? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, I'll give you that. I can't. I can't dispute it. Damn it! But hey, I can tell you the shirt I'm wearing today is undisputed. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> and it fits me nicely, <clears throat> like a glove. <laughs> but it's okay to be. It it's okay in this business to be. To like something different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with fans that... I don't agree with it, but I don't have a problem with fans that like Rusev and, and Lana's segment. I don't like it myself. I think it's stupid, but... Wait. You're going to have fans you, that like that. I want you to smack yourself. I don't want to do that. That's really loud. Do you people. actually think there's somebody out there that likes that segment? I Here's where I have to throw out some stats. Did you know that over 500,000 people watched replays of those segments on YouTube in the past three weeks? I can't make this crap up. If you go to YouTube right now, let's go to YouTube. Compared to what other segments? Just WWE segments in general. Like, it's one of the most popular popular viewed videos that WWE has posted. And it's ridiculous because it's it's the worst part of Raw. It's the worst part. TLC's match, by the way, Rusev and Lashley, what the hell were they thinking? You had a chance there for just to have two Titans fighting it out, and it could have been great. And it was like, ah, oh, this is this is bad. <laughs> this is this is like uh this is like Duke Drosy and Mantar bad. Hey, hey. <laughs> what? Don't talk about Drosy. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, 
I'm, I'm a Duke fan, but like I was, you wait, I meant, like you wait between the two. So am I, and I know how to get a hold of him. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> and he'll call me out. He will do a Facebook live and say, "I know, Stan Grubb, I know, I know you said this." <laughs> and I, I'm gonna take a video, and I'm gonna keep pushing my glasses up. Oh my god. <laughs> Mr. Gross, you sure heard what this guy Stan Grubb said about you on Corner in the Corner last night. <laughs> and he will do it. He will watch it. He will listen to the show. And then he'll be like, oh, this some bitch didn't. <laughs> you think I'm playing? Duke Drossy gives no Fs. <laughs> oh, my God, Mr. Drossy. You cannot believe what this bald guy Stan Grubb said about you. He's, he's this wrestling insider. He thinks he knows all these wrestling scoops. <laughs> Somebody suck guys. <laughs> he's bad. Leading on that. I, I just spat on my book. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that would be so funny. Even, even better is if uh, somebody else tells you. <laughs> well, I will yeah. say this. I know there's a chosen few that are on our fan page in his... So it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> either if I got a message that I was mentioned or I got a message from him directly because he would do it. What, what are you doing? I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Drosy. Please, I'm sorry. So let's let's see if we can shift gears. I did want to get an opinion on something here. Now, we've talked about WWE and some missteps and we've talked about some craziness that we've witnessed with some of these steps like oh I don't know you know the Lana and Lashley segments but one thing I felt like is slowly becoming the right thing to do and I could be wrong because it could turn out to be a rehashing of something we've already seen but it's the turn of Seth Rollins I feel like the heel turn of Seth Rollins is a good idea and is actually making Seth watchable again. But the concern I have is that we're basically watching the Shield 2.0. Ding, 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 ding. With AOP and Seth Rollins. And don't get me wrong, the, the group is not a bad call, but you got to be careful. So, I think the execution was terrible, but I am curious to where it'll end up, and I don't think it's, I don't think the faction is finished yet. Hey, Brian, I got something for you. Mm-hmm. For a fuck attack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so... We have this great big heel turn, and I know Stan, you really enjoyed his his. Uh, you all sucked last night at the pay per view, and uh, that that moment in the ring where everybody walked away. I know you enjoyed it. I thought it was funny, actually. I, was I mean, like, you thought it was. Yep, yeah, you thought it was good. <clears throat> I thought it was terrible. I thought it should have happened in the ring. You should have never seen it coming. And, however, Rollins and uh, AOP do intrigue me. But, again, something tells me it's 
there will be another one or two members. Oh wow! So maybe a, a top a top group to go against, kind of to battle, so to speak, against the inner circle. Uh, or maybe, maybe. Not a response to that. Well, I I mean, because technically, uh, the to me, you would have is. yeah, you would have the well, yeah, but so the the inner circle would have been a direct result from them. True. Yeah. Because they were there first, but um, that, to me, they just—it it just feels different. Like they're all in nice clothes, you know, almost like uh, oh crap, my brain fart. Evolution uh-huh. 2.0, maybe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, You're getting it right a lot, buddy. Yeah, I try. But so again, though I I don't like the execution. I don't like where we've gone so far. But I am curious as to where it's going to go. Um, I'm not a fan of Rollins being a bad guy, though. Even though the the segment was telegraphed like crazy with Rollins when he finally has the reveal, I did like that nobody says anything or does anything to help. Kevin Owens, and nobody says anything openly to try to paint Seth as the good guy. They just let it happen. Even though I happen to agree with you, it would have it could have come off better in the ring. But I don't know that they could have done like a reveal. It would have had to just been like they're in a tag match and then the shorthand or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, you could have very easily changed how. Uh, Owens and AOP get involved. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't had Rollins do his pity party, is, is, to me, what I call it in the ring after the pay per view. Oh, it was definitely a um, pity party. Yeah, if if you hadn't had that moment, you would have never seen it come. I I will say that the intrigue now that and you know you had to know I was going to say this by the way, but the intrigue now that CM Punk is back on WWE programming. Not a WWE employee, but <clears throat> WWE backstage stating that Seth should leave Twitter alone. <laughs> of course, instantly Seth Rollins goes back on Twitter. But there is so much talk right now that it could be Seth Rollins and CM Punk at WrestleMania. And as a devout CM Punk fan... I'm all about it, but at the same time, I'm also that fan that's like, oh, come on. You know, we have enough guys that are showing up for limited stays. Can we maybe not do this? And that's where I actually have to almost say, you know, if CM Punk's not coming back for a a full-time run, don't come back. Uh, So, for me, when you bring back somebody on you know the undertaker or the rock or any anybody any any of these legends for a short term program to me it's you don't feel that you have anybody on your roster to run that program so if if cm punk were to come back for a one off at wrestlemania I would be pissed if I was on that roster because that very easily could have been 
somebody else versus Rollins at WrestleMania. And is it wasn't it CM Punk that screamed and complained the loudest when it was The Rock ultimately doing the same thing when he had his feud with Cena? Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's... I don't like it. I don't care for it. You don't, don't impress me. You know, I saw them when they were in their prime. You, you don't need to keep on, you know, just rolling these guys down and be like, hey, the Rock's back uh, for uh, uh, two weeks. And then he's all filming again. Yeah, and, but. Yeah, but. The interest that would be brought into play with the reemergence of CM Punk, you have to think about this. And let's look at it from a purely business standpoint. If you have that character emerge, reemerge for a WrestleMania one off. If you have 100, okay, 100 people who said, well, he's no longer there. I'm not going to watch WWE anymore. And then all of a sudden, oh, wait, the Punk going to be at WrestleMania? Who are they going to be working? Seth Rollins? Is that Ooh, how man. I sound? Is that how I sound? Mm, kind of. Damn it. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty similar. Fun of but, but those 100 people you're going to have probably about three out of four, 75 out of a hundred who will turn around and plop down that 10 bucks to get WrestleMania just to get that one match from CM Punk or let's go dream match scenario because you've heard both of them talk about it. If this was a completely exclusive matchup, to where you had CM Punk, Stone Cold Steve Austin in a one-off this year at WrestleMania, you would have a boom in the buy rate of the pay-per-view and the network because you know that these people are going to come back in, therefore helping to make sure everybody who works Mania gets paid well. And Vince makes the bank off the simple fact that they're going to tune in for this one show, the granddad, sorry, Starcade, <laughs> the modern day granddaddy of them all. Starcade was a joke and they lost the signal on the network. Ha <laughs> ha. Because of that one off. Now, yep. if anybody else on the roster wants to sit back and say, well, that could have been my spot. Dog spot, liver spot, ink spot, don't care. But if it's a totally independent match, or if it is even Punk versus Rollins, it benefits the company, which in turn does benefit everybody on the roster because the money is going to be there. And in the words of Damian Sandow, ah, oh, son of a gun, I forgot, I plugged it in the wrong <laughs> <mouth."> <laughs> uh, I had it, I had it, I had it. Now tell everyone, however, and please leave. Okay. <laughs> so that may have been a valid point 10 years ago as far as Rollins and CM Punk 
spiking because, uh, you know, it's a dream match. But we have seen dream matches that have literally just crapped the bed. Like you yeah. wouldn't it, it, like a 13-year-old boy if Sting came back for a match against Taker. To me, that's different because that's not taking away somebody's spot who's been building a character for a year or more who should get to that spot. Uh, uh, Crown Jewel, anybody remember those? Oh. I'm pretty sure we had a tag team of all these great <laughs> legends that come out and I understand it's a bought show, and they probably wanted this tag team and all that stuff. I get it. However, that's not the first time somebody has been wheeled down out that aisle, put in the ring, and shit the bit. Oh, sorry. Ooh, damn. <laughs> hey, it's only taking me about two hours. Ooh, there you go. You see what I'm saying? A one-off, a, a, a strictly one-off, Austin and and uh, Punk, I'm fine with. Oh, you don't think Punk the locker room and Rollins? Wait, 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 wait! You don't think half the locker room would be pissed off? Austin's coming back and he's going to work Punk. How come I don't get that shot? No, because you got to hope that Punk can even go to begin with. That's true. We he's what healthy. we don't know. Well, that's the thing. Do is he? If he was so healthy, he sure as hell didn't look healthy in his uh, UFC. Yeah, I, I mean the only real, the only real thing you can say he was healthy was when he supposedly ran out the back at some indie show under a mask <laughs> and he had to go to sleep on somebody. Yeah, yeah, and you don't even know if it was him or not. So look, I am I'm as big of a CM Punk as as you know that's for sure, but. There's a part of me that while I want to see Punk come back, I definitely do. But if for as much as I want to see him come back, there's that part of me that knows that he never really can. Because if he comes back, if he does what he complained so loudly as the voice of the voiceless did, you know, oh, Dwayne's coming back for the main event. Oh, well, well now Phil's coming back for the main event. That argument can be made about him. And he's the kind of guy that takes hypocrisy very seriously. But this is also How much Vince McMahon we're talking about. I was just about to say, this is also Vince McMahon we're talking about, and the green tends to make gold when it comes to that because it made Goldberg come back. <laughs> it made, oh, it, all right, so did Goldberg spike your ratings? Mm, no. Animal. No. Different he, animal. Is no. Is it really a different animal? <laughs> no, I don't think. Yeah, it is. It's just a different type of stripe. Look, it's I like Goldberg, animal. but it's he's he Goldberg is different, I think. Does Taker spike your ratings? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's a different animal. Punk and Goldberg are not too different. Because both of them have been gone from the business for some time that this modern era doesn't know very much about. Because, again, this modern era of fans, they don't do their homework. Right. They don't have the magazines. They don't read about these people on the net. They don't do a lot of things that we used to do growing up. I mean, I can remember 
spend your money on Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And whether I saw the guy or not, I at least knew who he was. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like Punk is in rarefied air, but I don't know that he's at Goldberg and... Uh, um, I think know. he's bigger than Goldberg. What? No. Look, I mean, I'm a punk <laughs> fan, but I don't know that I can go that far. Yeah, okay. no. <laughs> okay, let me let let let's do this. Other than that, doggle hunt, or you're next. Please give me one memorable Goldberg promo. God, yes, please. Um, okay, but so. So we're if we're gonna go promos, then we're gonna use Stan's argument because if the pipe bomb promo was all about how he was being treated unfairly, and then he turns around and does exactly what Stan says, the pipe bomb, it, the the not severity, but the importance of that now starts to lessen. Only for those who genuinely want to bring that up into play. The other ninety-five percent of wrestling fans are going to go, "Ooh, I just, I just, I just wet my bed." CM Punk's coming back. Uh, I, well, I don't now. think CM Punk is is that important to Punk, today's audience. Punk responds to the internet audience as much as he clamors and claims that he doesn't do it. If he, does. he were to come back that way, the fans would crucify him, and he would take it personally. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't crucify him. They'd just be happy he's back for a minute. Uh, it's, uh, if, <laughs> look, <laughs> I was I was watching live when I saw he was coming back. That's Brian. I'm a huge punk mark. It'll never change. But when he came back, I'm watching Twitter at the same time, and half of them were like, "What a hypocrite!" Swore he'd never come back, and the other half was, were, "It's Sam Punk." But I okay, mean, there's a lot the of majority the, out there. The, the majority of the people that nag and whine and bitch on Twitter are going to nag and whine and bitch on Twitter at anything. That's fair. You could you could genuinely have, oh, let's pick. You could genuinely have, and for as much as I want to barf when I think of this concept, because it's nothing more than Trish Stratus version 2.0, if you have Mandy Rose come out in a bikini, some of these people are going to bitch and whine about it. Now, and I will oops. beat every one of them senseless. After I finish staring at Andy Rose. Oh, you know, I think what we're what is boiling down to is Eddie apparently is a huge CM Punk fan. That's okay. what it sounds like. I think he must have the poster on the inside of the closet or something. No, I don't. I don't have any posters. <laughs> come I mean, on, hey, Phil. You're not Phil, yourself, please, buddy. <laughs> please come back, Phil, for one more match. Please, Phil. Do it for me, Phil. <laughs> You know, for a guy that gets... Go ahead. Sorry. Congratulations! You from the Indian of the Day Award! I'll say this. For a guy that claims that he hates when fans come up to him and ask him to come back, he is doing exactly what people have been begging him to do. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. He gets tired of people asking when will they come back. He never gets tired of people saying that they're fans and they remember and they really would love for him to come back. Getting asked the question, when are you going to come back? Eh, wrong answer, because you're putting somebody on the spot for an for a, a, a question they're not prepared to answer. So if, look, Phil Brooks, CM Punk, is an employee of Fox right now. 
He is um, granted Vince and Hunter had to sign off for him to appear on Superstars. And I'm pretty sure there was a lengthy conversation in place. But as far as it goes, as far as him getting back in the ring, if he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Just let the man live his life. See? See? See how these conversations change? Leave Cologne. Where's Britney Spears? <laughs> Leave Cologne. Yeah, I mean, but but again, though. So getting getting back to them, I love bringing show. a legend out for a match at WrestleMania. If he poops the bed like he did at UFC, those two fights. Think of how what that's going to do for you. Yeah, who who's got the bigger problem with the, with mixed martial arts right now, CM Punk or Jake Hager? Oh, mm. Ow! damn! Yeah, Why? but Hager's not a legend like Punk is. Yeah, but Hager Hager went two and zero. Punk went zero and two, which I will just simply say. Now tell everyone I'm right and please leave. <laughs> We're in the Aaron Stevens category today. You know, he might be my uh, next to Ricky Starks and James Storm. I think that Aaron Stevens might be my favorite NWA guy right now. Excuse me. Yes, ma'am. Hey, he did. He did three striped at uh, U.S. title. Hey, he's a third degree. I'm a third degree national champion. Yeah, national champion. That's it. <laughs> what kind of corny crap is that? Third degree, but he makes it work, and those fans love it. They die hey, I, I'm so glad the NWA is t- is tiptoeing along that that kind of weird '70s <laughs> nostalgia. <laughs> yes, I, I, I still think my favorite is where he says, "Don't you cannot look me in the eye." <laughs> and he immediately followed it up by saying, "I like turtles." <laughs> look at me. <laughs> Stan, did you read your text? Hold on. Now you got me. I'm I'm trying, man. Yes, sir. Y'all can do C2C after dark or something like that, but I've got to roll credits over here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to go ahead and let let old Eddie slide out here because we got about another another 25 here on on C2C time. So we want to say thank you very much to the Beyond Ringside Radio Network family of, of shows. We definitely appreciate the hospitality, Mr. Eddie. It's always a pleasure, and I would like to say this. As we start to wrap up 2019, um, I appreciate you guys. I love the fact that y'all put up with me, and but I love the originality and the perspective that y'all bring in corner to corner. Um, whether it's a two-man team or the three-man team all the way across the board, you guys are a treat. I really enjoy being able to produce for y'all and actually being able to interject every once in a while. I just I try to back away every once in a while because I hate to feel like I'm commandeering the airwaves when I've just finished doing an hour and a half before this. But um, I want to say I hope that the both of you or actually the entire cast and your families enjoy a peaceful and happy holiday season, whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, or just enjoying an off day on December 25th. Uh, the reason for the season is friends for family all of the above, and for those who celebrate for religious region, reasons, exactly. That's the reason for the season in your eyes as well. Mine too. So I just have one question, though, before you leave. What at? 
you have a tattoo, a two tape fist on your ankle. Oh don't you? no! No. <laughs> Straight edge. <laughs> Eddie, let me just tell you, and I think I can safely speak for Rob and, and for Brian that we are in just explicitly grateful for your abilities and your patience in working with us. You've been a huge part of this show since we got corner to corner up and moving. So we definitely appreciate you, and we have we hope you have a great Christmas, sir. Thank you very much. Folks, don't forget, um, as we're signing out from this side of the board, for those listening on Beyond Ringside Sports Radio, uh, working to get everything in place. Uh, the Shooters Gallery may be back this coming Thursday night after Christmas. Uh, but if not, keep your eyes beyond ringside.com and prowrestlingradio.net. And for the record, Brian, that previous comment, allow me to say... You just made the list! <laughs> <laughs> the lexicon of Let's Happy On! <laughs> so, gentlemen, I'll let you do your sign out on this side of the board, and I'll let y'all take it on from there on the corner side. Until right. next time. We'll see you next time here on BeyondRingside.com. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Catch up with the show at C2C Radio Show on Twitter. We'll see you then. And we're clear, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of the night. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Ed. Yep, see you. See you. And that's how it goes here in live Radioville. Go from one to the other and back again. And then, Brian, there were two. There were two. I will have to say, though, that uh, you should be commended because you have actually pulled off not just merging of a phone call, but you have managed to keep us on the air by merging and unmerging twice. Full two so. hours. Yeah, That's you are learning. The damn man. You are learning. Try it. <laughs> this tech stuff is hard. <laughs> I I was told, I was told recently that my camera work is not creative. Huh? <laughs> so who told you that? Um, actually, it was an instructor that said he was disappointed that I didn't try for a more creative shot with some photo work I was doing. Well. Uh, you know, hey, and I've told you tons of times, photography is both the bane of my existence but also my my best, best challenge because I try very hard to do it right. Um, you so you got to make it make love to Yeah, to I know, right? camera. got to be smooth. You know what I'm saying? got to be gotta, smooth. You got to caress that picture. <laughs> love the picture. Wait, wait, wait. That's right. You got to love about? that picture. <laughs> but, I mean, it was... It spoke to the amount of things that are, were happening around me, and I, I was just so limited on time when I sent it in. So, no, it really wasn't like my best work. I felt bad turning it in, <laughs> but I felt like, you know, hey, it is something. It wasn't like a complete waste, but he wasn't necessarily wrong. I wish I could say that he was, but he wasn't necessarily. Um, just all right, so reminder. we're going to stop making this all about you. It's the me show. Because you're not making your picture fall in love with your camera. I'm sorry. You need to work on that. I will do that. Caress the picture next time. Love the picture. You gotta love, love the it. picture. You really do. Yes. So, Brian, what do you think about Tony Khan hitting the Stone Cold Stunner on Sean Spears? On who? Sean Spears. Oh, that was after uh, AEW went off the air mm -hmm. or finished or whatever. Yep. Uh, I I don't know the the build up for it. What was the build up? Do you know the build up? So here's here's the the rundown. So 
you know, there's a post-show, Spears is down, Aubrey Edwards hits the stunner on Gavin Spears, or not Gavin Spears, jeez, Sean Spears, I apologize. Gavin Spears is a completely different person. Um, but anyway, he hits the, she hits the stunner on him, so now Tony Khan is down there, um, and it actually should be stated that when Aubrey Edwards hits the stunner, she uh, celebrates by drinking white cloth. <laughs> put that That's funny. But this was this was actually their kind of uh, tongue in cheek celebration of Steve Austin's birthday. Um, so Khan's down there as well, kind of enjoying the fun, and he says, you know, he had no idea what was happening. Cody called him out, and he went to thank the crowd. And Nick leaned over and said, hey, do you want to do a stunner? And he's like, no, no, I don't need to do a stunner. So Spears starts screaming my name. And this is all from Tony Khan, by the way. Spears starts screaming my name and calling for it. Then I heard people in the crowd calling for it. And at that point, I had no choice. (laughs) And that's where Tony Khan hits the stunner. So I like when... uh, I like house shows. Mm -hmm. I like when, you know, the extra stuff happens after the camera stopped rolling for TV. Um, because you get moments like that. And and granted, there's nothing major to it, you know. But for a fan being in the crowd, I'm sure I would have popped for it. Oh, I think we all would have just gone nuts yeah. for it, you know, if we had been live. I think had it been on TV, I could see people be like, oh, that's dumb. I get that. Yeah. But this wasn't on yeah. TV. This is after the cameras are off, mostly. Uh, because there's footage, of course, on Twitter. But I'm okay with it because, I mean, why not? Why can't they have fun with what they do? Why does it have to be like every other show? Well, And that's why, you know, like we have more fun at a house show mm-hmm. than we ever did going to Raw or Nitro or SmackDown or Thunder or anything yeah. else. Because... There's more interaction with the with the fans. They almost let their hair down and have. It, to me, it looks like they have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so hey, let them have fun. You know, I, I'm sure in the long run it's not going to amount to anything. So let them have fun. You know, you could have brought the whole the whole locker room down. Yeah. Could you imagine you know, if everybody hits the stunner on him and leaves? Yeah, chained the stunner. You know? <laughs> oh, careful, that's going to happen now. <laughs> Be on pay-per-view. Stunner! 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 It's just Jim Ross having a stroke because he says stunner 50 times in a row. <laughs> so, you know, again, though, you know, when the cameras go off, let them have fun. Because I, I, I really enjoy, you know, there, we've had some memorable times. Mm-hmm. At house shows, I, I agree. I think it's where you have the most fun when the cameras yeah. are off and you can be goofy and have have fun and, and get people involved. I think that's when it's really cool. Mm-hmm. So, Brian, you know this probably is going to be the last C two C of the year. Did you know that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because depending on how things go on the 29th, you know, we may or may not be on the air. I don't no. Do you think we'll be uh, on? We wouldn't be. Yeah, why, why wouldn't we? It's a regular Sunday. Uh, all right, that's true. Because I was going to do a year-end kind of thought process here, but you know what? You're right. Plus, we don't have that much time. So, 
Why not? We'll, we'll say. Yeah, I mean, we could, you can still do your year in, but ah. just include the rest of us. All right. Well, Selfish little. I mean, hey, it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, uh, I know. I I'm, not doing, a the, I'm not doing now. the show tonight, fellas. I'm sick. <laughs> oh, okay, Stan, you get better. Ah, tonight's C2C episode is just me, Stan Grubb. <laughs> For the record, I've never done that. <laughs> I've never done that. I mean, I could have, but I never did it. <laughs> but I could have. <laughs> um, I would think that. You know, for what we've seen so far, I think we've got a lot to break down for, like, best and worst of for 2019. So I think what we will do is to, to not tonight because it's just too much to unpack, but December 29th will be Corner to Corner's year-end celebration, and we will do our best and worst of. So we'll do best wrestler, worst wrestler, uh, best tag team, worst tag team, best promotion, worst promotion, uh, best female, worst female, and then we'll probably throw some superlatives out there just to make it fun. Well, you should write them down. Write this down. Pass them out, you know, to the uh, to to the other two and. We'll, uh, we'll go from there. I will say to our uh, fellows in the corner-to-corner chat, uh, guys, you know, I know there's a lot of wrestling coming up in the next few weeks. Drink responsibly. Because <laughs> it looks like Shane's already getting a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> uh, did he, is he the one that got two of them? Yeah, he got two bottles. Two times. Two, bottles. two times. <laughs> hey, I think that's cool, actually. Oh, yeah, I should have done it. Yeah, you still could. I'm sure there's still some available. Oh, I'm sure. January, as we look forward, it's got New Year's Dash, Royal Rumble, When Worlds Collide, UK TakeOver, Impact, NWA, of course the NFL Playoffs, NXT TakeOver, which takes place before the Rumble, and, as uh, I believe this is from, yep, Shane put it, another 40 hours a week of wrestling on top of it. (laughs) That's insanity. <laughs> but hey, it's the business we love. Mm. Yes, it is. Well, with that, Brian, do we have to tell them where to find Rob on social media? He ain't here. Skip him. <laughs> That's right. You skipped us. We skipping you. <laughs> <laughs> and who gave me the, no, no gruff about not having internet in West Virginia? West by God, B.A. It might be dial-up, but they got it. I know they do. <laughs> it sounds like Morse code. I mean, I know my Skype gets funky. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Every now and again, I get it right. Uh, so Rob, of course, will be with us next week. He is out of town, of course. Um, but Brian can be found on Twitter at STRCP21. And of course, Brian Taylor on Facebook. You can find the show at C2C Radio Show on Twitter. And see uh, Corner to Corner on Instagram, Corner to Corner Wrestling on Facebook, and C2CRadioShow.com on uh, on the World Wide Web, on the internets, for all our W fans. <laughs> and uh, for those fools down at Impact, 
I'm seriously considering buying the January pay-per-view because I want to see Tessa win that title. Yeah. If and you, you're, you better not screw me over. <laughs> don't screw this up. This is your chance to be first. You haven't been first at anything, TNA and Impact. Anything! You have one chance to do this. <laughs> you have one chance. Don't screw it up. Because if you do, I, I can't guarantee that we're going to dedicate much airtime to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I the 30 it. seconds you get now, that's prime real estate. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but if, if you if you put that title on Tessa, I mean, that, that may get you, I mean, you know, good 15, 20 minutes of airtime each week. I mean, I just... I think this is, you're absolutely right. This is your shot. This is where you can be better than everyone. Literally in one night. In one night, yeah. Because they already do have a very solid roster across the board. Their wrestling is great. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I don't get a chance to watch them has nothing to do with their product. I just, I don't always have time. Um, but you, you have perhaps one of... Pound for pound, the best on the planet, and you have to be willing to pull that trigger, yes, and make it happen. Especially in light of all of the controversy between, you know, Sandman and all these guys speaking up, this is the perfect time to do it. Mm-hmm. Because now you really piss the world off, or make them smile, and your company single-handedly becomes the most talked-about topic. For at least, mm-hmm. and if you can't capitalize after that, I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. And that's the way we close us out. Go Tessa, go Tessa. That's right. C two C is pro Tessa. So thank you again for listening to us all year long in 2019. Our year end show next Sunday night. It's going to be the best of and worst of myself, Rob, and Brian breaking it all down. A nice, neat little package. Put a nice little bow on it. And then blowing it up right in front of everybody. That's what we're doing. (laughs) So thanks again for listening. We will catch up with you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah and all other holidays in between. Please enjoy yourselves. Be safe. And we'll talk to you next time. See to see you later. Who? You like that? That's pretty good. A little bit of SCU. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.